Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is Alex Compton. We're here to uh, break down the absolutely gut-punching, heartbreaking, hair-pulling-out, whatever other cliches you have for that loss uh, at Illinois, 48-45 in overtime uh, against a team starting their walk-on backup quarterback who throws for 507 yards, the second Illini ever to do that, the first since 1980. Um, You know, we'll get into the game. We'll get into, you know, this is playoff mode. And you lost, so what now? We'll get into that, and we'll get into there's some big moves uh, reportedly going on in college football this afternoon uh, with Jimbo Fisher expected to be fired and then Sam Pittman expected to be fired at Arkansas as well. All those things uh, could impact a potential coaching search if IU decides to move that way. We'll talk about the odds on that as well. Uh, So full show uh, on this Sunday, and – you know, Alex, Howard, how I, I know how we're all feeling. We're all feeling like we got into a giant fight and super hungover uh, from from yesterday. But, uh, you know, what are your what are your thoughts from yesterday? That's why I said it's it's hard to not be week to week in college football and college sports and NFL and all that stuff. That This is why feeling good after you win a Big Ten game against a Wisconsin team that got boat raced by Northwestern. But whatever. And then, yeah, you 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 just you let a game that you should have won get away, and that feels like it's been kind of the theme of the games you've been in and been close in. It seems like you let them get away, and we haven't yeah. been in a lot of games, obviously, especially in conference play. the The margin of defeat is pretty substantial, but that's a game you should win, and you had it. You're up twenty seven to twelve, and you lose. You have an awesome, awesome fight to come back and battle back. Soresby has nails. He looked good again. Again, why I said he should have been the starter all season. Yep. Who knows if he builds more rhythm earlier in the season, if you just let him play and you pick a starting court, whatever. But yeah, that game is pretty much, I think, the perfect summary of kind of the Allen era. Um. Ironic because that was a Kevin Wilson game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you played great offense, special teams was pretty good, and then the defense let you down. It's just it's so frustrating that you can't put together two complete solid football games in a row. And that's really all you had to do was play decent defense and you win that game. And you didn't. You let a guy that transferred in from ball state who split snaps at Ball State last year, comes in comfortable being Illinois' backup, just absolutely light you up. 
and then Allen said they didn't know he was going to be the starter. How do you not know that Luke Altmaier is in concussion protocol and probably not going to play? We Even that Bielema all week said Altmaier, uh, yeah, Paddock is going to start. I'd be comfortable mixing Paddock in if he gets cleared. How do you not? How do you not know? I don't yeah. understand. And again, how do you not make any adjustments during the game to try anything different? They started to blitz a little bit at the end. You blitz and then you leave Sharp on an island. He gets cooked again. The fastest player on the field every week is Jamari Sharp, and he continually gets cooked. So, I don't know. Frustrating and inexcusable. And I think, again, regardless of the win last week, I think the direction at this point and the trajectory of the program is clear. Yeah. I I mean, if no direction is a direction, then yes, it's clear. Um and I think that's something that uh, the AD needs to come out and talk about at the end of the season. If you make a decision one way or another, he needs to come out and talk about the vision uh, for this program. The landscape of college football is changing. Um, you, you know, NIL is more important. You're asking your your fan base to donate to that, um, and they deserve to know what the direction of Indiana football is. And you have an AD who um, the last time we saw him during football media was at the beginning of the 2022 season in a press conference where he said the money was kind of spent already and didn't elaborate on it. And um, I, I, I get you don't really want to throw him out there, but the fan base and your alumni base and your donors deserve to know what what is your vision for the program? What are you going to sell, you know, your boosters on to say, Hey, I'm comfortable writing, you know, a hundred thousand dollar check or a million dollar check or something like that. Um, you know, you look at Texas A&M, they're expected to fire Jimbo Fisher today that he has a $76.8 million buyout. Um, and I, I believe like 30 of it is due within the next 60 days of, of firing. So, you know, with the assistance and all that stuff and hiring a new staff, you're looking at them spending a hundred million dollars to buy out a coach who wasn't taking them where they wanted to go. Now we could debate what Texas A&M football is all day, but that's, you know, that's the move when you want to say, hey, we this is not what we want and not what we need. Uh, they're they're going to pony up the cash for it. Uh, as far as IU, yeah, it, it's it's pretty clear that that this program right now is rudderless. Um, you know, you kind of had a little bit of hope after the Wisconsin win. And, and yeah, you, it is really hard not to go week by week. But, you know, the loss knocks you out of bowl contention. And the only way that, you know, you could kind of muddied the waters was to get to six wins, qualify for a bowl game, have that extra year tacked on on the evergreen clause and, and bring that, I believe that would have brought the buyout back up to 25 and a half million or something like that. So uh, to, to me, it's, you know, you, you hate, that there are fans who want this team to lose out and it, it stinks because you have two trophy games against two programs. You recruit a lot against and holding those trophies means uh, a lot to a lot of people. 
but again, if you're basing your decision off the final two games of 2023, uh, you know, it, it, does it really matter? Shouldn't. It, it shouldn't matter. You know, uh, they, yeah, they, I could see that we ended the season three and one and we have great momentum. And I could see you know, that press conference in about a month. I could definitely see that. Um, I, I'd I be f- like, yeah, I'd be disappointed. Um, but I'd be fine with that as long as he comes out and explains what the vision of the program is. Hey, we finally found our offensive coordinator in Rod Carey. We found our quarterback in Brandon Sorsby. Um, and we're going to go into this, you know, with the new philosophy and, you know, a vision for facilities and scheduling and all that stuff. But that's putting a lot of faith in somebody who has not talked to the football media in 18 months. Yeah. So let's go back to the game a little bit, Alex. You know, Indiana was up 27 12 uh, before, before um, Illinois went on a 28 0 run. Right before half, Indiana's up 27 19 with about a minute and 30 seconds left. Uh, they punt the ball. I the last I looked at the play clock when they snapped it was at 16. It might have dropped down to 13, but it's still way too much time left. Illinois goes down, scores a touchdown with 18 seconds left. Uh, I, I believe that was also the drive where the the refs kept the call on the field with the guy um, out of bounds. That was uh, it was clearly out of bounds, but you know the clock management. These are all things that in year seven shouldn't happen. And, and, you know, I would get it if James Evans was it was his first year. At some point, you have to have some awareness of the play clock. And, hell, even the coaching staff, do not snap the ball. We're going to take a timeout or something when it hits one um, and stuff like that. Uh, you also had, uh, you know, the fumble on the mesh point on a bad snap. Uh, that that coming out of the second half, I thought that was the turning point of the game. IU was moving the ball. Uh, you got yeah. down to the 18 yard line. You got a, a penalty that moved you back, um, back 10 yards, and then you fumble it at the Illinois 39. You look at the drive chart in the, um, you look at the drive chart for for IU, and they had drives that ended at the Illinois 39, the Illinois 38. So they fumbled on the 39, you punt from the 38, you throw an interception at the Illinois 47, and you turn it over on downs from the Illinois 37. Uh, at some point, you're going to have to be aggressive. Uh, in, you, you, in a game that's a shootout, you cannot have uh, three or four drives that go into opponent's territory that come up with nothing. Just can't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, for as well as the as good as the offense looked, and as well as they played, the the finishing with the word of the week was finisher, and that didn't happen again. Um, nope. You take no, Donovan McCulley was literally unguardable on Saturday. He got targeted seventeen times. He made eleven catches, and I think four or five of the other targets were pass interference with defensive holdings. They could not yeah. guard him. And yeah. in the, you know, you, you, it takes a little bit of a miracle to get back to, to get to overtime. And then you run 
whatever, two two straight quarterback draws on Ron, second yeah, and third Ron down. And draw, draw. Yeah. Which, look, I get it. The quarterback draw on that final play when Illinois was dropping guys and pass coverage worked. But to not throw the ball to Donovan McCulley or EJ Williams, who also had a good game and was um, drawn pass interference penalties too, is inexcusable. There's no excuse for it. You know, you saw it against Penn State. You kind of clammed up and you did it again. Uh, and you got, I mean, you got the field goal and then, you know, you forced Illinois into a third and long and thought you had him. Uh, you flushed the pocket and all of a sudden there's a pass floating to a wide open Isaiah Williams. So it's it's frustrating because you have a defensive head coach um, and it just you got torched um you you just did you knocked out pat bryant in the third quarter i think you knocked out fagan in the early in the game they didn't really run the ball uh you know you made them one dimensional but that one dimension went for 507 yards yeah which (laughs) can't can't happen um illinois did a good job they took casey out of the game they took carter out of the game I've been waiting for like the massive Andre Carter game for a few weeks now. It hasn't happened. I know he's drawing a lot of attention, but I think that's been a kind of a bummer this season for me. Another week, another no Jalen Lucas week. Um, He had that one good kick return. He had another one brought back by a penalty and then two carries on offense, one catch, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the deal is. I, I don't think he's getting that much attention on offense. I just, I don't know. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know what's going on, but he's been essentially a non-factor since the Indiana State game on offense. Um, since yeah. Louisville, I guess. Since Louisville. Um, yeah. I, so, I don't know yeah, if it's a confidence thing. He looked to gain a little bit of confidence on the kickoff returns. He made a few cuts. He had that nice, um, the Wildcat quarterback play. But yeah, um, you know, putting him in the slot, not having him run routes and stuff like that. I, I get he's a little guy, but so was Shane Wynn. So was Wap Fillier and, and stuff like that. And they were impact players on offense, not just on special teams. Um, but yeah, it's just when you think Indiana could, could put it all together and, and maybe start turning the corner. Um, you just, they, they could not put that game away. Yeah, I felt good about the defense heading into the game, too. I think what they did last week against Wisconsin was they they made them beat us by throwing the ball, and they couldn't do it. And then this this week, it looked like a totally different secondary. It looked yeah. totally different. No one seemed ready to go. Um, couldn't tackle. Yeah, there was bust, a... I mean, coverage bust again on, like, the second play. He had multiple coverage busts, but I think JoJo Johnson on, like, the second play of the game after yep. we went down and scored or at their second drive or whatever, but right down the field score yep. in two plays after we get a huge momentum touchdown. Um, yeah, Pat Bryant goes out. You think you should put a little attention on Isaiah Williams, right? Especially with their other best receiver out. Nope. He, he, he goes for 200 yards, um, catches the game winning touchdown on a, a, a blitz. Finally, that doesn't get home. Um, didn't get home all game, really. Um, I don't know. It's just super aggravating. Trent Holland, first career touchdown. That was nice. He's from uh, Joliet, Illinois. So 
uh, about two hours north of Champagne. So that was cool to see. Um, Soresby, I mean, Soresby, I thought Soresby played well. I thought Halland is, you know, it, it took him three years to figure out that you have a 240 pound back who could run, who's yeah. quick. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, you, you wish you had that figured that out against Louisville and stuff like that. But, you know, it's, it's, a, you know, you're a dollar short and a day late, as they say. Uh, but so I mean, Soresby's an absolute warrior, and I think when people compare him to Peyton Ramsey, it it that's the moxie that Peyton Ramsey had. He, he wasn't going to get tackled. Um, he, it, so I think Soresby has a better arm than than Ramsey. Yeah, he's got a but, he's got a cannon. Yeah, but um, he he has that warrior mentality and he's a gamer and i think he proved that the last three weeks and as long as he stays at iu i think you're you're pretty much comfortable at the quarterback position going forward but there's so much there is yeah. so much who the hell knows it's not not yeah. worth thinking about right now but no yeah he was 22 of 33 uh 289 yards three passing touchdowns he threw that pick i thought that was a flag that they threw most of the game that they didn't throw on that one. No, it was in, in double coverage, but he got held. Um, safety got held. At the top makes the play, um, but that that was a flag. So pick with an asterisk, uh, and then two rushing touchdowns. Uh, ran a couple guys over. Um, draws are nice. That's a good wrinkle. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't. You just can't do it twice in overtime. I mean, same thing we did against Penn State. You just you're playing to not lose. And uh, he did a really good job of not taking sacks and then to essentially take the ball out of his hands, take the ball out of McCauley's hands. It, it's really, really frustrating. And spreading him out and running that style of offense is where we succeeded during the game. And then to go back to kind of that jumbo set, try that again, infuriating. You have the power options from under center that lost yards. Um, you have the pistol option, lose yards. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, McCauley, that, that was when we talked about in the off season, can he make a jump and look like, you know, a dude, I think that was the game you envision. That's not repeatable every week by any means, but that was a hell of a game. He had a great game contested catches regardless of your size and how big you are it's still a tough play and he made it consistently two touchdowns like you said sammy drew a bunch of penalties he finished like 140 yards i think yeah 137 yards 137 on on 11 catches um dequeese carter with the touchdown at the end of the game that was a a seed by soresby off the seam great throw and then he improvises on the the must-have two-point conversion, improvises, EJ Williams gets clocked in the back of the end zone, but gets a foot down. And at that point, you're like, oh, my God, Like, look at this team go. That's awesome. And then just fart noises in overtime. Um, yeah. Freeman, Freeman nails it, confident kick right down the middle. You get him to third down, you blitz, and then that's, that's the game, yeah. um, which is a bummer. But – we always talk about it. I use a team that always has to play on the margins. And when you don't make enough winning plays like that, you find yourself three and 24 or whatever. Um, in the big three team. Yeah. Whatever. You know, and, and there's a lot more that goes into the margins than just 
gameplay and, you know, things that go on in practice and stuff like that. Uh, you know, on, on Tuesday, there's going to be a big NIL drive and I'll, I'll plug it one more time. Uh, you know, it's Hoosier Nation, are you in for Indiana? Hoosiers Connect, the official NIL collective of IU Athletics, provides our athletes with NIL opportunities to help them excel in and out of competition. On November 14th, so this Tuesday, they were calling on IU fans to create the largest day of NIL support for IU athletes. Hoosier Connect needs your support on November 14th and beyond to help our athletic programs and athletes thrive in this new NIL era. Let's show the world what it truly means to be part of the Hoosier family. Are you in? Visit inforindiana.com for more information and to see how your contribution to Hoosiers Connect makes a difference. Now, that's also on the margins. You know, do you have enough NIL money to go get the players you need, to attract the recruits that you need, and do stuff like that. And, you know, we'll see how it goes on, on Tuesday. I'm excited. I, I believe we've got Aaron Casey and Philip Bleedy coming on to talk about how NIL um, NIL has impacted them uh, in a positive way and how they also uh, make impact on other people's lives through the opportunities of, you know, Hoosiers for Good and, and Hoosiers Connect. But the, there are a lot of things that IU does as an athletic department that also, you know, doesn't help, you know, close those margins or get widen the margin for error, um, error either, uh, and and things like that. They can't give away enough tickets uh, for the Michigan State game next week. Uh, season ticket holders got an email saying if you renew by Thursday, you'll get two free tickets to the Spittoon game. Um and stuff like that. They also have to read the fan base. Uh, and and this fan mm-hmm. base is, you you got anger yesterday, which is better than apathy, but you're you're closing on if you bring Allen back to you know twenty twenty four is you're gonna have that zombie football team again. Yeah, final I mean, seat. Yeah, yeah go ahead. seats. I would say <laughs> single game tickets on the secondary market next year will probably be dirt cheap. So. I think Michigan state tickets will be like $4. So why, why would I renew? Uh, um, you know, I, I don't know. I get it. You got to try, but why would somebody renew for two tickets um, to a game? that will be about $4 on StubHub. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, uh, final thoughts. Two, two good phases, one terrible phase. And that that's not a winning formula unless and on a pretty level like matchup talent roster wise all that stuff um not a winning formula um illinois didn't play great on defense um or special teams but their offense kind of outweighed outweighed all that for them um and the three game winning streak against the illini um yeah i don't know wait you wasted a good one uh, and it, it seems like for the most part you had a lot of hits in the transfer portal this offseason and a lot of guys that are able to produce when they're put in the correct spots and it feels like that's kind of been a waste as well so um it's a challenge to identify guys that can make plays I, i think we we did a good job of that in the portal this year but i don't think we're putting them in the right positions to make those plays and that's that's kind of the frustrating part um so yeah, I mean now the next two weeks we'll 
you know, I, I, I'm always in the camp of trying to win, but I think if finishing the season three and nine and losing two trophy games makes the decision easier for the powers that be, I think maybe that's kind of where I lean, which is disgusting to even say, but I think something drastic needs to happen to force, force the change. Um, so I would encourage people like continue to like watch, listen, talk about, it's only unacceptable until you accept it. Um, so I don't know if, if you think it's unacceptable, like don't accept it. You gotta continue to voice that you want something to happen or, you know, root for the players. This isn't on the players, but I don't know. It's pretty, pretty aggravating. Um, we'll see. I mean, you want, you want the guys to play well and you want them to finish the season strong. You got, seniors that are going to probably play their last football games a few guys that are fringe nfl guys that you want two more weeks of good tape on but um i don't know you're you're approaching the point where if you end the season three and nine or four and eight whatever you you think the decision is made and if if you can't make that decision i think that officially tells you all you need to know about yep. the university yep. and its stance on football because yep. it's not going to get any easier starting next year. And nope. there are going to be more eyes than ever and more eyes on the revenue than ever and more eyes by each school on how much they're getting paid than ever. You got to be ready to go. And I'm, I'm scared to think that we are. Um, yeah. I mean, you're exactly right on that. And you're, everybody is getting this influx of money and you're seeing how other schools who are like, IU, you go to Illinois, their press box is beautiful. Their indoor facility is beautiful. They have the Grange Grove tailgate area, which was awesome to walk through heading into the stadium uh, and, and stuff like that. Now, look, it's Illinois football. It's, I, I would say, maybe slightly above Indiana football, but they, they have built their culture where football matters. Uh, you look at Purdue, um, Purdue's facilities, their stadium upgrades, uh, their their fan base um you know they they've got crowds over 50,000 every game um Wisconsin's building a new indoor facility uh Northwestern is has facilities in place and look at them they're they're a 5 and 5 and mm-hmm. I, I mean it, it, that's shocking uh Rutgers is putting in facilities Maryland's indoor facility is really nice they're getting NIL uh stuff in there as well um, you know, I was building indoor facilities. It's, you know, great that IU invested all of this to renovate the stadium and all that stuff, but it's not a reason to go, oh, hey, let's wait another 20, 30 years to do it when we fall further behind. You're falling further behind by the minute these days in college football. And I believe that, you know, the college football is coming to a European soccer model sooner or later um, with a a league with relegation and stuff like that. You do not want to be on the wrong side of relegation if you're IU. And that means you're going to have to start to win and build up that program quickly uh, because you've had a history of not investing, not putting the right product on the field, keeping coaches too long, um and stuff like that to where 
you're like the automatic when we split up teams, lower division team. So it's uh, you, they just need it. They need a vision, and they need somebody to come out and talk about that vision. And we'll see over the next two weeks if uh, if the AD and and um, you know the the president and the board of trustees have a, a vision for football, and if they come out with it. Because guess what? It, it really it doesn't matter. The the last two weeks, yeah, they matter for trophies. They matter for bragging rights and recruiting. But it, if you're making your decision based off of the last two weeks of this season, I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you can't you can't let John Paddock throw for five hundred yards and expect me to be okay with it because I'm not okay with that. Like no, that. it's like the you know you you go back to the Bill Lynch era when Wisconsin dropped eighty three. Um, you know I use a drop pass away from going to bowl game that year. They beat Purdue in the last last game of the season, um, and they they might have had a little bit of momentum and all that stuff, but uh, Fred Glass made the move to move on from from Bill Lynch and and bring in Kevin Wilson. Uh, so, you know the the previous regime knew that 83 to 20 was unacceptable where it's time to move on regardless of the outcome of the last two weeks. Um, and look, Allen's done a nice job of stabilizing the program. He had two really, really good seasons. He wants to be at IU. He loves the IU football, which is a trait that is rare in college football coaches. Um, and you want him to be the guy, but it has hit that point to where, there's no way forward. I said it after Rutgers. There is no way forward under Tom Allen right now. And I don't think a win over Michigan State or a win over Purdue changes that. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. So, now you're three. Yeah, three and seven, basement of the Big Ten. All too familiar, unfortunately. But, yeah, you had another game. That that got away and shoulda coulda woulda. Yeah, that's that's how it goes. But like we always talk about, if you're gonna live on the margins and not try to win the games in overtime and that kind of stuff, you kind of you get what uh, you get what's coming. So um, there's too many plays, there's too many players, there's too many games um, to overlook stuff when you don't put them in the right spots. So. Felt like we finally got a few bounces. We finally made some plays that normally we wouldn't make. Great drive at the end. Great two-point conversion at the end. And then you let it go again. So frustrating. Lots to build on. Lots to like. Um, but, it, yeah, it was week 10. So, or 11, whatever. But, yeah, too late. Too little too late. So, yeah, um, game 10. yeah to make obvious changes that you had to make. Um, but yeah, it's, you don't, you don't get that many games, so you got to make them count. And I don't know. It, it's tough for me to, to say they didn't know how Paddock was going to start. We, or we have knew that on Sunday or try like, something. We talked about it on after the dust settles last week that Luke Altmeyer left the game and he looked like he hit his head on the tackle and that's classic turf concussion. Uh, we talked about it on the pregame po- uh, podcast with, with TJ Inman that, you know, it, if we were betting on it, we would bet on John Paddock to start um, and, and things like that. And 
Brett Bielema's comments all week were, you know, Luke Altmaier may be involved some way on, on Saturday. It does not take a Connor Stallions to, to really decode those signals um, that John Paddock was going to start. Now, look, you, you throw some Luke Altmaier stuff in there just in case he clears protocol, but you had to know that, that, John Paddock was was likely going to play, and that that he should have been the um, the focus of of your scout team. Yeah, I don't know, but on the on the next week, um, yep, noon know. kickoff, Michigan Went State all against them, two or three. Two. No, yeah, two. we've won two two out of the last three. Uh, we yeah. beat them in 2020, 2022. Um, have not beaten them in Bloomington since your epic run from the business school in 2016. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, you've got two trophy games, and they mean a lot to a lot of people. And, I look, regardless of whether or not you, you move on from Tom Allen, those are things you, you parade around to fundraising events that – you know, stick some money in those, those trophies. Yeah. I just, for the record, I, I got a 70 on that i exam and I took it in about 19 minutes. And if I didn't know the answer, I just put C. So I, I did it once. And if I didn't know, I put C and then I ran from uh Hodge hall to the stadium and missed like nine minutes of game time. So pretty proud of that. Then we won from the field. So that was fun. Um, but I said they weren't good that year. Michigan state ended up having a pretty bad year, but um yeah fun night so best 70 ever got yep so uh you know c's get degrees right (laughs) that's right (laughs) um anyway that does it for the hoosier huddle podcast Uh, we'll be back on tuesday uh previewing the spittoon game getting tj inman's thought on illinois and everything else also don't forget to tune in to hoosiers connect and our twitter at hoosier underscore Huddle on on November fourteenth uh, for the All In for Indiana campaign as uh, we try to raise funds for NIL. I know it's tough to do um, and allocate money that maybe wants to be spent somewhere else uh, on other things. But if you want to give to IU athletics and things like that, Hoosiers Connect is the official uh, NIL collective for IU, and it does make an impact. We'll have yeah. interviews with. Aaron Casey and Philip Bleedy uh, on there as well. So um, yeah, appreciate if, you guys. If you, if you can give, you know, please give regardless of who regardless the coach of the is. amount, right. Regardless of the amount, regardless of your thoughts on the current staff, whatever it would either go to keeping guys like Sorsby or it would go to arming a new staff with the ability to bring in talented players. So think about it. You're giving to the players. You're not giving to, you know, the teams or the staff. Um, it does mean a lot to the to the student athletes and it does make you competitive and you need it. Um, I understand not everybody can give, but consider it um, at the very least, kind of watch the content, watch the interviews, that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, Sammy's, Sammy's put a lot of work in behind the scenes on this. So I'm excited for him to play a part on Tuesday. I'll be, I'll be tuning in, but yeah, if, if you can give um, any any amount works too, yep. and it's you know how how I like to explain it, you're you're expanding that pot of of money for NIL, which is 
whether you agree with it or not, that's the way college football is heading. Uh, and, you know, if you want to be successful in, in college athletics, uh, any amount could help. And we appreciate your support. And I know a, as a school teacher myself, um, you know, when athletes or special guests come in, the, the kids really do get a kick out of it and, and stuff like that. So uh, we'll we'll bring you all the content with Aaron Casey and Philip Leedy. They're doing all sports as well, so tune in all day. Uh, they'll have men's basketball players, women's basketball players, soccer, um, women's soccer. Everybody's going to be involved in this. It's a big, big campaign. So, again, uh, all in for Indiana. Um, you know, inforindiana.com uh, for – you know, get all the information on that too. So thanks. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking, sticking with us through another tough loss. Alex, thanks for uh, coming in on a little early uh, so we could get down to IU basketball against army. Uh, IU should win by at least 30 points today. Um, and then IU men's soccer should be playing right now. And the women's team has a big game at Stanford uh, this afternoon at 5 PM. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.